Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the elder and disability law firm of Victoria L. Collier. I am your host, Victoria Collier. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. Each show, we also salute the life of a senior. Today, we will be talking about positive aging. And with us are Beth Schumacher, Senior Partner at Bright Star Leadership Consulting, and Samantha Eves with Wellness Director Campbell Stone and a board member, Georgia Institute on Aging. And we will be celebrating our senior, who we will announce later. Welcome so much, uh, Beth and Samantha. Thank you. And so, Beth, you know, you work uh, for Bright Star Leadership Consulting, and so tell me a little bit about that company. Well, Bright Star Leadership Consulting actually is um, a leadership and uh, development uh, consulting uh, business that focuses mainly on helping uh, folks who are in corporations be leaders. Now, my sub-business through Bright Star is a business called Ignite, which is where I focus on working with folks who are 50 and over and helping them to figure out what they want next for their life around this issue of positive aging. So most of my experience with Bright Star is around, for 20, 25 years, I've been doing coaching, consulting, and facilitation around leadership development. And so there's a whole now niche segment for those 50 and above, uh, and that's through the Ignite. That's right. That's correct. And how did you personally get interested in the topic of positive aging? Well, I woke up one day. My son had left for college. Um, The work that I was involved in at the time, I was with a corporation at the time, I was not particularly happy with it. It was a great company, but I was not particularly happy with it. And I looked at the years ahead and thought, well, what am I going to do with all this time? I'm healthy. Hopefully, if I have luck, good genes, I will live for a significant amount of time. How can I be planful about the next phase of my life? So it was a personal reflection of your own life and how you were going to live positively and age positively. Absolutely. And a number of my friends and I had informal conversations about this topic, like, oh my gosh, you know, what do we do? This feels very different than it did when we were in our 40s and our 30s and our 20s. And so you've coined a term, uh, third age. What does third age mean? Well, I can't take responsibility for third age, actually. It was, it, it's actually been a term that has been around a long time. I think the uh, person who popularized it was William Sadler, who was a professor of sociology and uh, director of research for the Center of Third Age Leadership. And th- what he did, basically, in his research around aging is he divided up a lifespan into four ages. So the first age is that zero to 25 when you're doing all, getting all the skills and knowledge that you need to get for life to support growing independence. The second age is that 25 to 50 when you're working, you're establishing your career, you're building a family, you're buying that house, you're doing all the things that are more achievement-oriented and appropriate for that developmental stage. The third age is that stage of life from 50 to 70-ish, which is 
a time frame where you focus on um, what do I do now? In other words, your, your, your awareness of your mortality is a little more acute. Developmentally, things tend to change in your life. You have these inflection points. You may have... Uh, you may be uh, laid off from a job, or you may just wake up one morning and realize that uh, I don't particularly, the life I was living was fine, but there's some things that need to change. There's a sense of unease that comes with that age. And then, of course, the fourth age is from 70, 75 on, which is more of the age of, you know, what he calls it's the age of reflection the age of completion. So the third age is, is what I focus on, and, I, and uh, I do numerous workshops and individual coaching to help people navigate that phase because typically there's a roadmap for what we have to do when we're 0 to 25. There's a roadmap for what we have to do when we're working and buying a house and establishing a family. But the age, the third age, doesn't come with a roadmap. <laughs> and do you see that people are seeking that map um... Yes, baby boomers, by their very nature, are very curious and tend to shake things up a little bit just because we are a big part of the population. And we tend to be seekers, and we also tend to be introspective. Um, so, yes, there is a tremendous surge of uh, desire for what do we do with this phase of our life and how can we frame it in a way that's not pejorative or negative, but how can we frame it in a way that has possibility? And I imagine that with, you know, 10,000 baby boomers turning 60 uh, every year for the next 10, 15, 20 years, uh, whatever that statistic is, I imagine there's a lot of research going on right now with the aging process. Um, What are some highlights that you know through your working in this area um, about that? Yeah, there's some fascinating research going on. You know, just a, a two-second uh, bit of information about historical. You know, for at least 100 years, whether it was Sigmund Freud or Eric Erickson or Jean Piaget, who were psychologists, and all the best and brightest scientists held that after 50, the party was pretty much over. No new brain cells. <laughs> That's when you get all the black balloons, right? You get all the black <laughs> balloons. I remember when I did my first triathlon at 50, and they made me wear a black bathing cap. It was just something. So, so in the 70s, the shift in aging was a little bit, let's look at it as a modifiable problem. In the 90s, minimal decline. And then what started happening in the in the uh, beyond 90s and beyond, we had these pioneers like Dr. Gene Cohen, um, who said, wait a minute, th- this, is, um, this is not, it's not true. There's a lot about brain plasticity. The brain actually, when it's involved, when you're over 50 or when you're older, when it's involved in creative endeavors, it actually, you actually can grow new brain cells. And in fact, Gene Cohen looked at the issue of how um, creativity actually created both physiologically and psychologically a much better uh, possibility of life. I mean, he basically changed the image of life from one of senescence to one of possibility. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we are speaking with Beth Schumacher, and she was talking about positive aging and the research that um, is changing our view of getting older. And what are some of the implications of the research for our own personal lives, the lives of our family members, 
as they age and those who we support in the work environment even? I think one of the key things that this research points to is that the cultural and individual language on aging tends to be very negative. And language, how we talk and how we think about, uh, about aging has everything to do with creating that reality. So all you have to do is go look at the cards on aging, you know, when you're buying a birthday card for your friend, and you'll see some of the messages, and they're not very good. <laughs> so we, I think everybody all across the lifespan has to be much more deliberate about the words and the things that they think about aging. So the implications of the research are, wait a minute, yes, we are getting older, that's absolutely true, but there is a framing of possibility. There's creativity. There are all kinds of things that are possible if we look at that as a time of possibility, too. I've noticed that in like in my profession I'm an estate planning and elder care attorney and we are even starting to shift our words and not saying elder care attorney now it's senior care attorney because Mm -hmm. no one sees themselves as elderly first of all Um, I know that uh, the senior that we're one of the seniors that we're going to highlight this afternoon he was well into his 90s early 90s maybe and did not feel the same as the other people around him (laughs) you know um And so there is that. And then how we describe dementia or Alzheimer's and caregivers versus caretakers and even now care partners versus Mm -hmm. caregivers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a whole symposium going on um, Mm -hmm. or uh, a movement right now uh, in D.C. where they're meeting on just that very issue, the topic of how we even use the the language. Um, And so what are specific actions we can take to be aware of and reframe our language of aging to help ourselves and others create that positive and realistic vision of aging? Well, I think we can, there are a lot of books and resources that people can read. And of course, you can go on the web and just Google positive aging and you come up with thousands and thousands of references. One of the key issues is awareness of how you think about yourself and aging and also to be aware of the cultural messages that are very, very uh, profound. So you have to be aware of what we call those ants. You know, you have to uh, kill the ants, automatic <laughs> negative thoughts. You have to kill those the ants. ants. keep marching in. The <laughs> ants keep marching in, and the ants will march to you from the culture, from how you were brought up, from whether you have good role models or not. So awareness is key of how you think about aging. And then looking at possibilities and really taking a very deliberate, planful look at the next phase of your life within the crucible of that positive framing. It's not that we're not going to have physical limitations. It's not Pollyanna. It's realistic optimism. So it's awareness of and commitment to a positive framing of language, redefining what success means, and then based on that, getting support, help from friends, coaches, whatever, to then map out what you want, what's meaningful to you at this phase in your life. You know, it's funny in my law practice, you know, I will frequently tell someone who's 78 years old, you know, you are so young because I have clients that are 100, 100, my eldest client was 106, you know, and so to me, 78 is young. But then when I do personalize it, um, I'm in my 40s and 40 wasn't anything to me. But now that I look forward and I, and I look and I'm like, 
50s when I turn old, 60s when I'm really old, but yet I don't see the same thing in my practice when I see people who are 100 and I reflect it to my Mm 70-year-olds. But with the third age being at 50 to 70-ish, and that's when people are starting to think about, you know, what am I doing with my life? How do I leave a legacy? And am I, you know, what would be on my tombstone if I had one? That's right. The runway Uh, does get shorter. (laughs) That's right. So you mentioned workshops. What kind of things do you do in the workshops to help people with these uh, concerns that they have? One of the first things we do is a personal assessment. In fact, it's a pre-work to people coming into the workshop. I send people a personal assessment, and these are questions that are a springboard for introspection and thinking about their life. So it's almost getting a lay of the land. Where am I now? Current areas of life satisfaction and current areas of dissatisfaction. And then when I bring people into the workshop, we look at the the whole framing of aging, what people automatically think of when they think of aging and the impact of that, and help people reframe that language and therefore reframe and look at how they're going to live their life and give them tools and techniques and there's all kinds of that available. And tell them to bring all their friends because they're all aging too. We're all (laughs) aging too. That's right. The baby boomers are a big population. And do you see um, a fairly equal number of... Different genders, both male and female, attending these? It's a great question. Yes. And in fact, it surprised me because when I first did my first workshop a number of years ago, I thought it's pretty much going to be women. No. The men are dealing with the same issues. We tend to be a little more expressive about it. The men have the same exact issues, too. Well, and, and I would even go probably further and say that, you know, without working in the retirement ages is that you know, because they identify so much with themselves mm-hmm. as to what their job was, that their issues may be even a little uh, more profound. Exactly. Um, so, exactly. Well, how can people find more about uh, your business and be able to contact you if they're interested in going through that process for themselves? If uh, My website is ignitepdq.com, they can, and that will also take them to my Bright Star website, so they can contact me. Uh, from that website and I always have workshops going on I always I do one day workshops I do longer workshops and I also have individual coaching clients I'm going to ask if you do one-on-one as well I do because some people are not comfortable in a group setting no that's no they're not (laughs) right exactly for some people one-on-one is a much better venue for them absolutely well thank you Beth for being here. This is Beth Schumacher, Senior Partner at Bright Star Leadership Consulting, and we're talking about positive aging. You're listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier, and our next guest is Samantha Eves, who works with Campbellstone Retirement Community and also Georgia Institute on Aging. Thanks for being here, Samantha. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, you know, we're talking about aging, and you just heard um, some information here. How does that relate with a retirement community? I would think that there'd be a whole lot of positiveness around a retirement community because everyone looks forward to retirement. (laughs) Well, yes and no. (laughs) Um, Certainly, I would like to interject a lot of positivity. Our staff would like to do that and strive to do that. Um, But not everybody who moves in our community does so by their choice. A lot of times, they're moving from out of town, and they're they're moving to be closer to a a child or another family member, a loved one. So they're not only moving into a different house, but a different community a different state altogether. So sometimes there is some sort of um, 
sadness or negativity associated with that. Because they're giving up their home they've Absolutely. had for 30, 40 years, moving yes. potentially, it, and, and not always across states, but sometimes even in your own city, but it's not your home. Um, and do you feel that, um, or have you observed that people get the sense that if I move anywhere that has to do with aging, it's like the nursing homes back in the 1950s that were just deplorable. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, there definitely is that, um, that overarching feeling. And um, the great thing is a lot of our residents will say later on, I wasn't looking forward to moving in. And now I see it's completely different than where I visited my parents or, you know, their grandparents um, earlier in their stages. Um, and some of them are very excited about it. And they're very excited to be around people. Sometimes I sort of um, define it as a, um, describe it as a dorm room <laughs> for mm-hmm. seniors. So it's, they they're, uh, enjoy being the camaraderie and the activities that they wouldn't have had living in their own home. Well, because the alternative, when we do live in our own home sometimes, is while we believe, and certainly our children believe, that that's, that's the right thing to do is stay in our own home. And, and sometimes it is, but often it leads to isolation and loneliness, which then leads to depression. Um, and I find that people actually thrive when they move to an environment where there's socialization. Absolutely. And so how does that socialization impact the positive aging? Well, positive to age positively, um, a lot of people focus on the physical aspects of aging and think that it's very negative because you're losing things or things are going downhill, so to speak. Um, so that's <laughs> a part of the, helps with that. <laughs> right. Exactly. But there's um, aging has a lot of different facets and social aging is one of those um, mental aging, intellectual aging. Um, Beth talked about, you know, the, the growing of new brain cells and certain things that you can, you know, your brain can actually continue to grow as you're growing older. Um, so all of those things are things that living in a community with support, su- supportive services uh, around you and other people going through a similar situation can encourage and can help you thrive in those, um, through those changes or through that growth process. And I just want to make the distinction between there's retirement communities where people are independent. Uh, they don't have any known disabilities, um, and then there's the progressive stages such as assisted living, memory care, nursing home care. And so Campbellstone is a retirement community. And so describe that. What is, what's the, this, you know, a retirement community? Uh, sure. What age do you have to be to be there? <laughs> well, it is, it is confusing. You're right. And there's so many different words to describe it. Um, there's not um, legislation that binds people to describing things of one way or another. Um, there's some different things going on right now, specifically with the uh, term assisted living. Um, we are, our Campbellstone facility in um, community in Sandy Springs does have an assisted living floor. Um, so that just means we provide a slightly higher level of care. However, we don't provide nursing services, uh, nursing home or a rehabilitation service. Uh, center would be a completely different place as well. Um, so again, I, the independent living part, I sort of talk about it like dorm rooms or an apartment complex, but with those extra supportive services. So we have staff members available if they need help. Um, if they don't need or want our help, they don't have to ever talk to us very much. Um, they can be completely independent. We have a dining room um, downstairs, uh, but they also have kitchens. All the apartments have kitchens, so they could cook. So all. they can eat together. Absolutely. They can eat alone. They or can, combination. Kind of like, like have their date night, sure, you know, at exactly. the restaurant. Um, and so what kind of services 
services and products do you feel are geared towards older seniors look like in the future? Well, it's... um Again, the physical component is a major one. That's one that we all think about. We all are thinking about our our bodies a lot because we use them a lot. Um, So the exercise programming and equipment of now and of the future, I think, is a huge, huge um, component to aging well. Um, Right now, we are doing a special walking program where we just are walking more more. And a lot of people think that a lot of people do have knee replacements or hip problems and don't think they can walk very well. But once we start walking in controlled environments, we have a group that walks the hallways up and down our hallways. If you walk eight times, that's one mile. Um, (laughs) And we have a group that goes to Perimeter Mall to walk around the mall in the early morning hours before the shops open. Um, So then they realize that when they do it in controlled environments, it helps them um, build up their strength and their confidence. And then we also participate in our neighborhood Sandy Springs 5K. We had eight participants last year from our building um, walk a 5K, which before they would have never thought they could do until they realized it wasn't. And healthy bodies often leads to healthy cognition and minds as well. You're listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we are speaking with Samantha Eves from Campbellstone Retirement Community. And she also has involvement with the Georgia Institute on Aging. Now, you know, with regard to Campbellstone and a retirement community and Atlanta being um, a place where people come from all over the United States, but also all over the world. Can you tell me, you know, if there's value um, or lessons we can learn from the other cultures that we are now living with in our retirement communities on how we can collectively age in the future? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, changing the culture of aging in general is something that is very big right now. Um, Beth touched on it with the language that we use and the way we think about, you know, getting all black balloons and saying you're over the hill now, the best years are behind you. That sort of um, language is very prominent in our culture. Other cultures don't necessarily believe that. They very um, highly respect and regard the older members of their community, and in some ways blur the age lines altogether, where um, having more intergenerational contact and intergenerational um, activity with each other. So I think that's something that's growing. The more that younger people are exposed to older people, the less they'll see them as different from them, because they'll see them as (laughs) as not something to be afraid of, of what happens when I get gray hair. No, you can be cool and have gray hair and... (laughs) That sort of thing. <laughs> well, it's funny. I have four-year-old twins, and they know what I do as a business to the extent that four-year-old twins you know, know that. They know I go to work. I work with old people sure. is how we describe it at home right now. Um, and, 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 and they also know that my clients frequently pass away. Sure. And, and uh, so they were interested in learning about that for a while. And then ultimately my daughter got very concerned about it. And she says to me at one point, mommy, I do not want to be an old people. <laughs> so, so, well, Catherine, the alternative is not so good either. <laughs> so, um, but how do we connect young people with older people um, so that we don't have the ageism and the, the uh, stereotypes and the discrimination that we have against old people? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the main benefits of a community uh, such as Campbellstone or different types of of communities where if there are uh, a lot of older people all together, it would be relatively easy for a 
um, elementary school or middle school or church youth group or other groups of young people to come in and do service projects, do social events, um, and really get to know people. We've we've had a couple of those where um, they've written biography, the younger uh, youth have written biographies of the older people, and they, they said, wow, I didn't realize you did all that in your life, and you used to be cool, or you did something that was neat that I really connect with. I, I'm into trains, and you were a train conductor, and that sort of thing. Um, so it kind of opened up their eyes to see that there was a different a different way of looking at them than just their old sitting over there. <laughs> Learning about them versus looking sure. at them. Absolutely. And so are there wellness initiatives um, to help people as they age uh, to age positively? Yes, absolutely. Well, I think, um, you know, best prog- programs of helping people in their, uh, who in any uh, area of their lives are, is super important uh, for people who are in a community such as Camelstone. Um, we have in specific initiatives to uh, enrich people's lives is what we call it because not everybody wants to be active. Not everybody is interested in walking a 5k or and never were right. And <laughs> don't have, it doesn't have to do with aging. They just don't want to, um, which is perfectly fine. So I, my, my sort of um, motto that I use is to, I want to empower people to be engaged and however they're engaged uh is up to them. It's their choice. Um, they could be engaged uh, mentally, engaged socially, engaged um, intellectually, physically, a lot of different ways, or maybe with the environment, them alone with their flower garden out in their back mm-hmm. patio. And on one of our prior um, episodes, sex and seniors engaged in other ways. Well, as that's well. true. Um, so, but um, so tell me, what is your involvement with Georgia Institute on Aging, and what do they do? the The Georgia Institute on Aging is a um, group of providers all, all throughout the aging spectrum. So we have communities like Campbellstone that are retirement communities, um, some assisted living, some nursing homes, some adult day centers, um, CCRCs, which include all of those, um, and some home health care services. So people who would go into, um, you know, uh, individual homes and provide services. So all of the providers, we, um, come together as part of the Georgia Institute on Aging. The Georgia Institute um, provides training and leadership and um, ways that we can learn from each other. So we can say, well, what are you doing at your community? How does it look different in Decatur? How is it different here? That sort of thing. And if someone is looking for a positive environment, how would they um, know or what kind of questions would they be looking for to determine when a retirement community actually does not just espouse those uh, beliefs, but is carrying them through versus a community that doesn't. Sure. Yeah, that's true because it's it is easy to um, have a good marketing campaign that's or uh, or could be bought, I should say. Um, <laughs> but for me, I think the thing that it comes down to is, is choices. Having choices in how you want to age, so there there would be options. There would be supports. Uh, there for you and option activities for you and um, staff available, but you would always have a choice. So having asking about what the choices are before you uh, choose a community and making sure those are choices that you want. And so how would somebody be able to get in touch with Campbellstone Retirement Community? Uh, we have a pretty active Facebook page, um, which is just Campbell.Stone, and our website is www.campbellstone.org. 
Great. I have an active Facebook page, too. Go on yeah. and like me, and I'll like you, too. <laughs> and everybody else out there, go like us. Um, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Samantha, uh, for sharing that information. And you are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we have just listened to Beth Schumacher and Samantha Eves on positive aging. And now is the special moment where we salute a senior. And today we are joined by Carol Gardner to salute her parents, her mother, Gladys Wilson, and her stepfather, Albert Wilson, for the love and care that contributed to living positively positively in their later lives. Thank you, Carol. Thank you very much. Now, I, you know, got to know Al and Gladys, um, the Wilsons, several years ago, and ultimately they had made a decision to um, live in a way with support, and that was in a senior community. Correct. And uh, it was Miss Wilson that actually needed the care, but Mr. Wilson said, I'm going to go with you. Absolutely. Right. So tell me, you know, the choices they made uh, so that their lives would be positive together. Well, my mother had macular degeneration, so she lost her eyesight for all practical purposes at home. And my stepdad just couldn't carry the house, the yard, and everything else in his age. And so what was his age? His age then was 82. Okay. And she was 88. Um, he married they, an older lady. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it wasn't done back then. Um, they decided to move to a retirement home just so they wouldn't have the uh, problems of upkeep and cooking and stuff. So they moved to a retirement home, and they were there for two years, and they decided they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So they moved back to an apartment, which put them back where they were before in an isolated such situation because in apartments you've got people of all ages in traditional apartments they do not socialize i lived in no. apartments for a few years i never knew who lived above me or below me or beside me <laughs> you know, ever so right. but in senior communities it's very different right so uh, then al needed gallbladder surgery and i didn't know how long he would be down for that or if he would go out so i suggested to mother that maybe we go back to kingsbridge where they had looked before and she okayed it while he was still on his hospital <laughs> Make the decisions while they're down. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, if we just waited a month. <laughs> but anyway, I walked over to Kingsbridge, and uh, the lady that's the resident manager there was so kind, remembered us, and she said for the first time she was able to accept an outsider coming in requesting a two-bedroom apartment. And so we were able to move in like two weeks. It was fantastic. And so in some senior communities, we've got what they call consider efficiencies, like in apartments. We have one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and so they chose a two bedroom. Two bedroom, two bath. It's wonderful. And um, and so how long um, how long did they live there together? Well, they lived there together until um, June first of two thousand nine. My mother was needing so much more help. And they had, in the meantime, moved upstairs to assisted living. So they progressed through to another level. And that's when we took advantage of your help and expertise. So he decided to go to another assisted living home because he thought they would be able to take more active care of her. It didn't work. And she had broken a hip, which nobody could fix, it seemed. And she didn't live but three weeks after the move. He stayed there a little while. 
at the assisted living, but he determined he did not need it. It was not and he necessary missed his at that friends level. Yeah. at Kingsbridge. Exactly. And so that's what this is positive aging is all about is being around those people you want to be around as you age. Correct. And so he went back to be with his friends. Right. Um, and he was, you know, running the show. He he grew a goatee, I oh, remember. Yeah, mother wouldn't <laughs> let him have that. He had a mustache and a beard. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, and the other wonderful thing about Al was that he was a veteran. Yes. Um, and so he was able to avail himself of veterans' benefits to help them continue to live in the least restricted environment that would suit both of them. Um, and uh, so what other things would you like to share personally about your experience, your observations, and just being a child of, of your mother and well, when we were when I was growing up, um, everybody worked for a company that had retirement benefits, and frankly, we didn't think about what was going to happen when we got older. Um, my grandmother lived to be ninety six, my mother ninety eight, and Al, though we're not blood related, ninety four. So they passed their genes around, and we did not know what planning for the the next years this age. Um, four, grade four <laughs> aging, what it evolved. If it had not been for the resident manager at Kingsbridge, when we moved in and asked if he was a veteran, received your card, we would not have known there were any benefits available. And do you think that would have been, um, you know, had an effect on how they had aged? Oh, my goodness, yes, absolutely. The biggest concern some couples have is being split apart. Right, and he wasn't going to have that happen. Exactly. So, uh, well, thank you for being here and sharing your experience about your parents. They were so dear um, and uh, have so uh, you know, brought so much to the lives of others to include the friends at Kingsbridge. Um, and it's hard for men because, you know, there's so few of them <laughs> and they have to stick together. <laughs> they had a table for the men <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So uh, thank you so much. You have been listening to Senior Salute, which airs live every Friday at 3 p.m. and is also available 24-7 online by visiting seniorsalute.businessradiox.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. I want to thank our guests and our listeners. We salute you.